nothing wrong There's a code of silence and it can't go on Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on August the 7th, 2009. Newcomers, I always advise to go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Now on the front page on the website, if you scroll down, you'll see all the other sites I have up. And I advise you to bookmark them because sometimes the main servers go down. Last night, in fact, uh, my satellite went down at midnight, so I was stuck with uploading to the next morning. But that's what happens. But anyway, if the main servers go down, you can generally get me and download the latest shows from one of the following sites, cuttingthrough.jenkness.com. These are on uh, the front page of, of the com website, cuttingthroughthematrix.net.us.ca, Alan Watt, cuttingthroughthematrix.ca, and also Alan Watt, sentinel.eu. It's odd that because also the Alan Watt cutting through the matrix went down last night as well. Uh, plus the satellite went down. Uh, everything just went down last night. It's a coincidence, I suppose. But uh, bookmark these, as I say. And this, this last one, Alan Watts sent in Sentinel.eu is a European site. And on that site, you can uh, download the same audios of all the shows I've done in the past for free. But you also have uh, a lot of transcripts you can download for prints up written in the various languages of Europe. People who want to try their hand at translating, get in touch with me, Alan Watt cutting through at yahoo.com. And we'll try and fix you up, see, see how you can do. Give it a try. Now, also, as I say, I always see at the start of the show, I surely vary it throughout the show because people miss this whole part uh, because it's to do with keeping me going. Uh, you keep me going. You, the listeners, keep me going. I don't go the usual route that hosts do, where they take money uh, from the advertisers directly and then you promote the advertisers. All the advertising on this show goes straight to the station, RBN. And it pays for their time, it pays for their staff, etc., and their equipment and their bills. And bills are always going up. I know that for a fact because I pay them all myself too here at this house. So keep me going. It's up to you. You can donate to me at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There's PayPal there. Personal checks from the U.S. and Canada are good. Outside of Canada and the U.S., you can use the Western Union or MoneyGram. And other inventive people just send cash, and that cuts out the middleman, which helps everybody. The banks are too damn greedy as it is. Western Union is also available, but I say Western Union takes a good chunk as a service fee of both ends. So keep that in mind as well. And for those who just get the discs or the shows burned for them and they play them at home in their CDs because they don't like computers, you can write to me at Alan Watt, site 41. Box 4, Estair, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. Postal code is P, as in Peter, 3, E, as in Elizabeth, 4, N, as in Nora, 1, P, 3, E, 4, N, 1. And you can also buy the books, as I say, that I have for sale, too, and this and so on, at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There's a, a little box here that shows you, takes you right to how to order them. And now we get on with the show. I hate, uh, I hate the first part. Uh, really, I shouldn't be asking for money at all, to be honest with you. But you have to in this day and age because people will pay for so many other gadgets and things that they want. 
and they get so used to having everything for free nowadays, they think everything's supposed to be free. Well, nothing's free. Even your mainstream news that you think is free isn't. It's there to brainwash you. That's what it's there for, utter brainwashing. And it works very, very well. So nothing really is free. And if you want to get some truth into your, your existence, you have to help out the ones that are trying to put it out to you. And I hear the music coming, so we're back with tonight's uh, topics after these messages. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. Just mentioning before the show that... uh, you have to help keep me going. Uh, you donate to so many other shows. There's no reason why you can't donate to this one. Because I give you this for free. And the way I see it, to be honest with you, too, is that those who can afford to help out, help a lot of other people out that really can't afford. That's how it works. And it's also how information does get passed around. The more people who hear it, the better. After all, we're all concerned in what's happening. We better be concerned now, this isn't a game. Uh, this is for keeps. This is the real thing. As I say, the reason I'm on the air is because I had studied this for so long, this whole system for so long, and got into the histories of it, that I realized that very few people really knew what reality was. That's how far we're into the surrealistic system, which we think is reality. And that's how far we, we got into uh, this controlled mechanism that we've been brought up in thinking it's all quite natural and that governments are, are just making mandates as they go along sort of uh, willy-nilly it's all happenstance etc nothing could be further from the truth nothing whatsoever even find uh, documentation when you go into the the, the first um, real inventors that were given in Britain the ones who became well known Isaac Newton for instance is one of them and then he was one of the, the founders, basically, of the Royal Society. The Royal Society was a Masonic creation in England. It still is the, the premier society for all science. If you want to get ahead in science, get your name in the books, you have to become a member. And you can't just apply to be a member. It's like all these big organizations that network together as one and control the world. You have to be asked and they'll ask you. And just like the Council on Foreign Relations. And when you look at the big players who went into it too, and Charles Darwin and all the rest, in fact, the Royal Society chose Dar- Darwin to be the champion for this new theory of evolution. They could have given it to Wallace or other people, but they chose Darwin to give it to. And because he had better inbreeding, he was already practicing eugenics. And believe you me, eugenics is at the bottom of all of this, because back then, and long before that, they'd always asked themselves at the top, the nobility why they were the nobility and they had all these different justifications such as better breeding true bloods and all the rest of it that's why they were noble you see commoners were common because they they bred in common they didn't have their their marriages arranged they were not mated up uh, with a wife from a powerful family for instance they married for all what they thought were the wrong reasons at the bottom whereas the nobility um, always married into successful families so success and material wealth was part of, of the criteria to be allowed into that club, you might say. 
when they formed the Royal Society, they, they brought more and more members in as time went along, but they also had another branch, and Benjamin Franklin was a member of it, in fact, and Rothschild was a member of it, different people. Bankers and scientists were members of it, and that was a full moon club. They met every month on the full moon. And there they, they, they put together what constructed their society, what held it all together, what kind of power was involved. And again, with this eugenics program, they always said, yes, good breeding is one, matching your mates is another part of it. And also you're, you're inheriting intelligence in some form or another. And of course, then they compared the ordinary people down below and this was the start of what we call eugenics. They were into measuring skulls even back then. Um, you can even go back into the days of Plato uh, when set certain sculptures, and Plato mentioned it himself. He, he said you can see the features on a person's face as they get older. They become fixed. It shows you their personality. But he also hinted that it showed you their particular, what we today call your, your intelligence quotient, your IQ level. So this has always been a, a, a belief with those who get to the top and hold on to power through many generations of interbreeding uh, that they're superior for different reasons, but mainly because they're, they're specially selecting their mates or someone is. And royalty, for instance, at one time, uh, priests, the priests from the Vatican would often arrange the mates, etc., before Protestantism came along. And they would go into their genealogies and marry them up for traits. We see the same thing today in uh, Sun Young Moon's group with the mass weddings. It's not just a mass wedding because his team literally will take um, blood samples and everything from the people, go through their histories, both male and female, and match them up together. This is eugenics in action. And Ted Heath was a promoter of that particular group. You find with the Rockefellers and so on, they're all into this. Why is that? It's because they're, they're multi-generational people. All came from these associations that I mentioned earlier at the beginning. They knew that the people would eventually try and get more and more power. They saw the Chartist movements come along, etc. So they decided to give them what was called democracy. But in reality, they would have a parallel government that was ruled by the power of their incredible wealth. Plus, the wealthy would all be working along the same agenda to retain that power. And by doing so, they'd keep control of governments. They could guide governments. They could order governments. And they would always have what today is called technocrats, specially chosen people to do all the legwork, the hard work around the world, running across the planet, giving talks to big meetings and, and so on. The Maury Strongs, the Kissingers, the Brzezinskis, the ones who would do uh, the behind-the-scenes work. Carl Quigley talks about them. He said that these are the, the real controllers and, and of power. They have the real power. Presidents and prime ministers do not have the real power, Quigley said. And when you look at this whole movement to call back the population into what they call a manageable level, they've never really given us a definite manageable level. Some say two-thirds. Some have published this um, Big players like Jack Cousteau, uh, in an interview with one of the big magazines, said it said more than two-thirds, I think, would have to go to save the world. Others have gone much, much further. And, of course, in the Club of Rome, another 
offshoot of, of the same societies I'm talking about here, uh, talked about using environmentalism uh, as a club, basically, to get their policies. And it's also to do with eugenics through, you see. How do you get people to stop breeding, etc.? Not to say that it was all to be done through pure um, propaganda. They also do believe in direct action. That's why so many people in the West have become sterile. There's a real war going on that's physical, and it's another one which is done through propaganda. These guys don't go for war in half measures. They do it across the board. And there's so many ways to do it, too, because they use little techniques of words. Words are very, very important. We think in words. We actually have more ways to think than just using words, but we don't. We're taught to use nothing but words. Many children, and maybe some of you can remember, when you're very young, you think in, in so many pictures, so many pictures. And intuition alone will often superimpose a picture in your mind over what you're actually seeing. That's your, that's your instinct taking over. It's intuition taking, becoming involved with what you actually see and superimposing something else on top of it. These are your defense mechanisms. But we're taught to disregard them and just use words. Words, why words? Because words are symbols. And if you think back to the mysteries of the ancient times to the present, they always use the language of symbolism. Symbols can be flashed in front of you with, with, uh, with triangles or, or letters from the alphabet. doesn't matter. It's repetition that's very important and the sequence in which they're used. Everything today suddenly is greening, 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 greening. And, and it doesn't matter what article or topic they're, they're talking about, really. They always tie greening into it or put it in the main um, headlines in the papers. And going back to the Club of Rome, remember, they were the guys who came up. The same old eugenics boys wanted to cull off a good part of the planet. Uh, they were the guys who dreamed up the whole scheme of global warming, etc., etc. They were not the first ones to talk about the environment, because you see this cabal, intergenerational cabal that runs the world, and they do run the world. Any country they haven't dominated yet is under slaughter right now. And they'd run the world, but they, they also wanted to, 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 say, reduce the population to a manageable level and then create a better servant class. They wouldn't need entertainment. E easier to keep, cheaper to keep, basically. Look at all the media that's out there to keep us entertained. There's, there's never been such a slave population in the world's history that's had so much incredible entertainment to take their minds off things. And entertainment itself is used as a scientific weapon for predictive programming. That's how we get, get it all. It's all through, through futuristic-style movies until the realistic uh, part comes along and you see, oh, this seems very familiar. And sure it's familiar because you've seen it in so, ma so many movies in the past. You can you hardly remember them on a conscious level, but your subconscious does remember. So therefore you think it must be quite natural. Must be quite natural. We take so many things for granted. You'll never ever see an article in any newspaper across the planet ever condemning, for instance, um, uh, NASA and uh, the, the space platform 
and all this kind of stuff. Why are we spending trillions in space to do what we're never told they're really actually doing? It's not breeding spiders to see if they can have sex in free fall. It's nothing to do with that. It's to do with things which are beyond our ken. We're not allowed into the big, big secrets. But what's it all for? You can't, it's like, it's like religion, you can't criticize it. Why is that? Because Professor Media tells you what to criticize and what to leave alone. We'll be back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I am Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix just talking about uh, a society that was pre-existent of most of our histories came down through time and lived in different parts of the world, in fact, known by different names and different eras, and they moved on to Britain too, not through the Royal Society, the the Lunar Society, I should say, is the other one too, they belong to, not the the full moon, Uh, sometimes they called it both, but the Lunar Society was one, the Lunar Club, and these were all scientists and rich people, people who were going to to launch the Industrial Revolution and finance it, and the scientists who would work with it. They're all members of it. And they never decided to ever give up power and do one thing and leave it to others. They always made sure that the power would always remain within that society that would continue down through time. Eventually it's called the parallel government. The parallel government. And they go around democracy by giving us democracy if you understand what I'm saying. They gave us what we thought was democracy, and that stopped us from having revolutions and revolting every so often. Uh, by thinking we could always vote people in that would speak for us, etc., etc., which they never do, as I hope you've all learned by now. They always vote for their party and say, we're terribly sorry, we can't really uh, do what uh, you wish, you the people, but to vote with the party. And you keep people keep voting. There's only one agenda, and it's the one that's laid down in stone. And it's, just, it's not odd religion to an extent, but it's understandable too. And it's based really on a form of Gnostic belief uh, coupled with Hinduism. See, in Hinduism too, you, you, they believe that humanity started, all life started from slime and evolved. And then you have transmigration of souls and things up to higher levels of creatures and all the rest of it. And this is how the early uh, eugenicists looked upon it too. And they, they, they decided that, uh, strangely enough, just like the, the Hinduism, uh, that at the end of an age, the, the inferior types that all had their place in time, all inferior types had their place in time, including uh, microbes and all the rest of it that, that start the soil working so that a seed can get planted, etc., etc. Everything has its place till that big tree grows and, and so on. Uh, but once, once, you, once you've served your time, you pass away and something next, or something bigger takes over, something better takes over. And that's the theory they applied to humanity itself, the bulk of humanity, or commoners, as they used to, used to call them. Therefore, when they achieve their goal, they have to get rid of the commoners in one way or another because they do believe in evolution, the same as the Hindus do. In Brahmanism, they'll tell you that at the end of an age, when Brahma twirls, 
then all that was disappears except the ones that, are, that have evolved to the highest level. They come through into the next age. They can't allow inferior types, the old types that served their purpose and were correct for the previous age, they can't allow them to come through as well because they'll bring down the higher ones. And that's the exact same theory as evolution, Charles Darwin's evolution. Exactly the same. And it's never ever changed. It's never changed. It's never gone off in any direction. It's always stuck to this because as you see it's really a religion. A religion that's taught all through all schools across the planet now. It's fact. Superior types, inferior types. And now it's time apparently to get rid of all inferior types, the ones that have served their purposes in previous ages, have fought all their wars for them, have dug the, the, the fields for them, have planted the potatoes and, 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 and harvested them for them, have done all that kind of stuff. But they don't need us all anymore, but we're post-industrial, you see. And the way they see it is, and under the excuse that oh, we'll keep using up all the resources, that's the excuse. That's not the reason at all. It's that they truly believe that we'll drag them down. We're stopping them from rushing ahead into a higher evolution. That's what they really claim. And they have, they have the religions taught in school, under greening and all the rest of it. And they have different associations, even working within schools, to pick the particular students. They'll get picked and, and brought up to be the future technocrats. You follow these technocrats' history. It doesn't matter if it's a Kissinger, Maury Strong, whoever. Just read their histories. It's astonishing. And how they're picked up by Rockefellers and planted in government, out of government, in charge of uh, oil companies across the planet, back in the government again. And so on. Maurice Strong was picked up at 18 years of age and groomed for his position. He's been responsible for getting the Earth Charter through and all the rest of it that reduced us all, humanity, down to a lower level than the ants. And you think that's all quite natural? Do you? Were any of you asked to attend those meetings and give your say or put your vote in? No, of course not. But it's made a world... It's made a treaty across the world through the United Nations. It's signed into law that that is so. Where's the democracy in that? Well, there ain't none because it's a parallel government, you see. Everything that happens has an, has an ulterior purpose. Randall House, who was the real boss over President Wilson and the guy who helped get the, the, the Federal Reserve into, into action, Mandel House said the same thing. Everything that happens in government will always give a good reason to the public, but then there's a real reason. The public are never told, never told the real reasons. Never. Astonishing. That's the reality of life. We're mushrooms, kept in the dark and fed you-know-what. Back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Just uh, rambling on a bit tonight about uh, nothing's ever the way it seems to be. 
nothing's ever really the way it's presented to us. And until people catch on to the fact there's a parallel government, now part of the parallel government is done through uh, private-public partnerships today. All governments in the world suddenly took this idea on after Prince Charles announced it quite a few years back, and it blossomed in no time at all, which kind of makes you think that in every country it was already set up to run, if not already running. Personally, I think it was the latter. And all these 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 private companies now are specialists, you see, and they advise governments on what to do. It's a great way, again, to bypass any idea of democracy. It's also a great way out for your local representative to say, well, you see, we're advised by a special committee, but they're actually a private committee. And when you look into who they are, they all get their funding from the same big foundations. But they're also for-profit organizations at the same time. They have so many loopholes that allow them to make massive profits. It's just astonishing and take money from charity. Here's an article here to give you an example of how it is, because see, Britain is a premier country that, that, that uh, starts all the totalitarian movements in this particular part of the, this time period of the system. And everyone follows suit very quickly. It used to be within years, now it's within weeks. And this is from the Times, August the 6th, 2009. Ban sales of poorly insulated homes, says Energy Saving Trust. Now, what is the Energy Saving Trust? What is it? It says, this is by the environmental editor. See, every paper now has got an environmental editor. He's a greenie, you see. He's paid to be green. Which is kind of sickly, isn't it? But it says, owners of poorly insulated homes should not be allowed to sell or rent them until they have invested in energy-efficient measures, the government's advisory body on domestic energy use says. Now, who voted them into office? Nobody. Nobody voted them into office. So they can demand things from government. The government says, we're only too happy to oblige you and bypass you, all of you. It pays for everything. This year, the Energy Savings Trust said that 5.5 million homes in the lowest two bands for energy performance, more than a fifth of all homes, should also be subject to higher council tax bills and additional stamp duties. Punishment, you see. It believes that tough measures will be needed to achieve the government's target of reducing carbon dioxide emissions from home heating by 29% by 2020 to almost zero by 2050. Can you believe that? Never mind the ridiculous targets. Never mind the excuse or the reason for it. It's all nonsense anyway. It's nonsense. A fabricated piece of nonsense, all this carbon dioxide stuff. It says the trust estimates that 85% of the homes in bands F and G could be made fit to sell for less than £5,000. Well, if you're broke, which most folk are today, after getting looted by the banks and taxed out of existence by their governments. Where are you going to get £5,000 from? It's up to 10000 However, owners of the remaining 50% face paying as much as £10,000 to upgrade their homes to a new, a new minimum standard. Now, guess what happens once you've completed this minimum standard? They raise it again. It's like everything else they do. They're doing it in the rural areas too, across the world. Well, that septic system is two years old. We've upgraded them since then. I'm afraid you'll have to get a new one, or you're out. We're under totalitarian rule, and the people can't figure it out. 
They can't figure it out. Who, who is this particular group anyway? Energy Savings Trust that's now advising governments. Is that what you, you brought your governments in for so they get advised by a private company? It says here, these are their business and public sector. They've got a business and a public sector, this particular group, the Energy Saving Trust. It says it provides a range of resources to help you, your organization reduce carbon dioxide emissions. This is, their, this is their living. These guys are living on fresh air. This section of the website is aimed at businesses and the public sector. They build professionals. Are you professional in the house building industry? Find out more about free advice to help you achieve higher levels of energy efficiency in new or refurbished projects. So here's this private company. Now we're demanding that governments, and they will, if I'm not already past it, uh, demand that the public uh, have their houses inspected by these creeps and, and, and their inspectors and get paid for it. And, and then they, they slap a bill on you to upgrade by 5,000 to 10,000 pounds is 20,000 bucks. Or you can't sell your, your hovel, your shack. You can't sell it. You can't sell it. You know something? I have to say this. I have to say this. There's an old saying that people get what they deserve. And I've watched Britain and the British Commonwealth countries for years all going through the same nonsense over and over, under different guises, different names. And I have to say to myself, if they keep taking it, they deserve every bit to get. If they can't see the writing on the wall, they're getting pushed with their faces into the mud. And they do nothing about it. Then they will get what they deserve, won't they? They will. You all know what I mean. Everyone out there knows what I mean. I think Jefferson was quite right. He said you have to clean out governments and have a revolution every one or two generations because the corruption becomes so intense. It isn't just corruption. It's the same bunch that get in, actually. They've been around for an awful long time, very organized. Maybe the only truly organized group on the whole planet because they have the financing to do it. They create the non-governmental organizations by the thousands. They fund them into existence. These approved non-governmental organizations are actually private organizations. Stop calling them non-governmental. They're privately owned organizations. They don't speak on behalf of you or me. They're funded by the big foundations, the parallel governments. It's been like that all the way through from at least the 1700s. article here and this is from the EU Observer it says here Catholics alarmed by European Union equal rights law this is from the Euro Observer Brussels atheists could attack galleries for showing religious art and witches could claim the right to use church halls under a draft economic union equal rights law the Roman Catholic Church has warned well they've been under the hammer for a long time so when once the Christian rights fulfilled, fulfilled their needs, they'll get the same thing too, believe you me. Everybody's used and kicked off in this staging rockets. The EU bill aims to curtail discrimination on grounds of religion, disability, age or sexual preference in social situations not covered by existing labor laws such as renting properties. The directive could enter into force in 2011 if member states give unanimous approval and discussions planned for November. 
it says here. And it says, um, it says, the director could enter and enforce criticism, blah, 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 in November by the Swedish EU presidency. The criticism was put forward in recent days by the Roman Catholic Bishops' Conference in England and Wales as part of a British government consultation procedure. The Bishops' Group commends the EU effort to protect the innate dignity of every person. That's a joke. The innate dignity of every person. If I, if, I don't care who you are or what group you think you belong to. Look what's happening to you all. All of you. Stop belonging to groups and identifying with groups to be different. And look what's happening to all of you. You're all being used. Uh, it says, but it calls for the legal text to soften a clause against creating an offensive environment and to add an exemption to let religious organizations function in accordance with their ethos. There's a risk that practical implementation may effectively turn a directive into an instrument of oppression against one group or another. A church paper signed by Bishop's Conference General Secretary, one senior Andrew Summergill, says, Homosexual groups may declare themselves offended by the presentation of the Catholic Church's moral teachings on homosexual acts. Catholics may declare themselves offended by a gay pride march. An atheist may be offended by religious pictures in an art gallery. It's not clear whether the bill would apply to the activities of a Catholic priest if, as recently occurred, he were to refuse to take a booking for a church hall from a group of witches. It did happen that, too. <laughs> a group of churches wanted to hire the church hall. The EU Parliament passed a draft law in April by, by 363 votes against 226. Left-leaning and liberal MEPs championed the bill. But centre-right deputies said it would create too much red tape. I, you know what I think everybody should do? Everybody should walk into to every, every Masonic lodge across the country and, and demand to get in and, and sue them if they want. You know? Why don't you all try that? Because guess, guess who's behind all of this stuff? You see, Freemasonry's always been a, an arm of, of this particular group down through time, under many names. The, the new name is Freemasonry. And Masons are all used, too, at the bottom level. Even their higher-ups admit to that in their own writings. But that's what everybody should do. Demand to get into the lodges without going through all the hoopla. And swearing oaths and all the rest of it to things you don't even understand. That's what they should do. Quite easy to get over that. Quite simple. Apparently in Wiccanism, for instance, there's no real rules. Everybody's their own leader, in a sense. You see? Well, why don't the bishops wear their clothes and, and, and go and attend these Wiccan functions and see if anybody's offended? Because technically they can't be. That's your role, isn't it? See how crazy everything gets eventually? Schizoid, isn't it? And people think it's all quite, quite natural. People get caught up, you see, in the squabbles that are intentionally laid out for you to fall into. The traps are all laid. And the public never ever figured out. They only see the, the results and the chaos. And, and they laugh at it. But they never figure out what's behind it. Meanwhile, I mean, this organization, this organization, the, the Rockefellers and all these boys, the robber barns, the guys who were descended from the robber barns that were sent over to the Americas with a massive organization to back them up and protect them and allow them to do what they wanted to do and take over the way they wanted to take over. These guys, you know, are funding all of this, all 
alternate lifestyles and so on. Quite fascinating. <clears throat> Here's an article here from Politico. It says, Obama team mulls new quarantine regulations. And uh, this is from the 8th to the 5th. Obama administration is quietly dusting off an effort to impose new federal quarantine regulations which were vigorously resisted by civil liberties organizations and the airline industry when the rules were first proposed by the Bush administration nearly four years ago. White House officials aren't saying what the rules might ultimately require, but the previous administration proposed giving the federal government the authority to order a provisional quarantine of three business days or up to six calendar days for those suspected of having swine flu or other illnesses listed in a presidential executive order. So this goes back to the Bush era before you kind of heard of swine flu, didn't it? The Bush era proposal would also have required airlines and cruise lines to store more information about domestic and international passengers, such as email addresses, traveling companions, and return flight information. Information would be subject to review by federal officials and health emergency, though it would be voluntary for passengers to provide the data. Opponents of the Bush administration's efforts to enforce the new guidelines insist that there is still a mistake. It's not really going to help, said Wendy Marner, professor of law and public health at Boston University. The proposals to limit liberty represent a dangerous precedent to constitutional theory, particularly when there's almost no evidence it will matter. It wouldn't surprise me if they tried to sneak this past in August when people are away. You betcha. You betcha. There's a lot of stuff going to get snuck through in August when people are away. This is the White House's Office of Management and Budget instead of a September target date to complete, complete the first major overhaul of the quarantine regulations in about three decades. It's amazing how everything comes to, together in about September to do with the swine flu. That would have had at least some of the rules in place if swine flu returns with a vengeance later this year, though officials are reluctant to make that link publicly. It's important to public health to move forward with regulations, said Christine Pearson, spokesman for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. We need to update our quarantine regulations, and this final rule is an important step. Pearson said CDC had made changes where appropriate to the 2005 proposals, but she did not specify those adjustments. Don't you love how the freedom works and they tell us all the truth? Thing? They don't specify anything to us. In other words, I'm not going to tell you. It's amazing, too, how people go across the country, and, and even rock stars and so on, and tell you how, how you live in the most freest country in the world. Maybe from where they're sitting, pretty at the top, that may be so. But for most folk, it, it simply isn't. I can't believe people just sit back and allow all their freedoms to be taken away. Through law after law after law after law. I keep talking about The Devil's Advocate, fantastic movie. Great movie. And the character uh, Al Pacino plays uh, Satan, or Lucifer, and he says, I never make you do anything. He suggests, and so on. He'll, he'll tempt you, but he never makes you do anything. But he says to, to his son, he says, uh, how do you think we're taking over? He says, you know, how do you think we're taking over the world? He says, we're churning out thousands and armies, thousands and thousands of lawyers, he says. That's how we're doing it. 
NASA has done. It's amazing when they say, well, this is a law, how suddenly we obey it. Once it's said, it's law. Isn't it? Isn't that odd when you think about it? People used to have rebellions in the past when their faces were going into the mud, getting stamped into the mud, and they'd had enough. All you have to say today is, it's a law. It doesn't matter how ridiculous it is. You're breathing too much CO2 out, whatever it happens to be. Okay, okay, what what do I owe you? (laughs) That's it, isn't it? But anyway, there's more, as I say, coming up in, 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 uh, definitely in September to do this, this uh, flu nonsense uh, and other parts. Is, so here we have bad air, and then we've got the flu on top of it. And we can't disapprove or prove either of them, basically. But everything's supposed to come to a head as we get stampeded towards some glorious end. And then the Washington Post has got about Obama's battle against terrorism to go beyond bombs and bullets. And really, all, all Obama's doing is continuing the Bush policies. Has, has anybody noticed this? See, there's no difference right and left. There's only one agenda. You know? And this is the Washington Post, August 6, 2009. And I'll read part of this article when I come back from this break. through the matrix. I just said that the Washington Post has an article there about Obama's battle against terrorism is to go beyond bombs and bullets. But really, all they're doing is, is falling on uh, in the footsteps of Bush, using soft weapons, economic uh, starvation, the usual stuff that Madeleine Albright was awful good at, that kind of stuff. So I'll put that link up on my site at the end of the show, and you can look it up for yourself. I can't even be bothered reading it, to be honest with you. The media turns out so much repetition today, uh, just, to, just, to, just filler, basically, and to, to give you another reality that is so far from any kind of truth. Uh, they never say what has to be said about anything. But that's not their job. Their job is to toe the line, as they say. Now we'll go to the callers, and there's Dan from Missouri. You there, Dan? Yes, I'm here. Top of the evening to you, Alan. How you doing? Pretty well, pretty good. Um, uh, this may relate a little bit to health care. In the Old Testament, Moses and his band was wandering in the desert, and they all got sick, and they put a snake up on a cross and prayed to it. Well, what does that signify? Well, they were going through the Valley of the Serpents, and then they were part of the Brotherhood. Now we'll go on to Mike from New York. You there, Mike? Hi, good evening, Alan. How are you? Fine, thanks. Alan, as you correctly point out, most of these uh, totalitarian control uh, measures are, are initiated in the UK. Uh, um, have you any idea why the British is, are so docile in the face uh, of these egregious impositions, both on, a privacy, on yeah. their privacy and their wallets? You know, for instance, I recall a poll tax riots uh, back in the 80s, yeah. which forced the Thatcher government to back down. Well, what's, what's going down now is a hundred times worse, and yet there is no dissent. There's no dissent, uh, and I have to admit, the British people have, 
again, you don't understand this in, the, in, the, in other yeah. countries, but in Britain, the media is way more professional. Yeah. Um, the whole system is geared from the top down. It's, it's actually the communists, it's the Soviet system, Radio Moscow, copied mm. the BBC and, and their yeah, yeah, of it, propaganda. It, yeah. it sort of generates a... Um, a culture, a culture of apathy and, that's you know, it. That's and we, exactly yeah. Apathy. It's the, yeah. the, the technique. Now, that's what Bertrand Russell talked about. We have to create apathy for controlling the people. And, and there's no well, country in the world got the technique down pat than Britain. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, can you explain why there were riots with the poll taxes in the 80s yeah. and, and now there's not? Yeah, because they already had the 60s and the 70s when they geared people up for change. Uh-huh. And people started to get a bit of power for the first time, and they actually ran with it, thinking we've got we're getting rights now. And okay. that that generation was still around and alive and fit and active when, yeah. they, when they brought in the poll taxes. Yeah. Since then, they really went to work from the BBC yeah, and, yeah. and, and propagandized them down again. And with a t- with a tip of the hat to you, I think it's uh, no coincidence that the poll tax riots originated in Scotland. That's right, yeah. because. They at least had the, you know what, to stand up for themselves. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, how, how, how disgusting uh, to have inspectors come into your home and count the heads in the home, and just and, well, and on now, top of all the other taxes. Now they can come into your home, and if you have a decent view of the back garden, yeah, you get taxed. That's right. And yet no one's complaining. Uh, well, I'll tell you. Uh, I think maybe that V movie had something to it. Okay. We should uh, think about once again. <laughs> thanks for calling. Okay, Alan, thanks. Bye. Bye, man. Well, from Hamish, myself, in Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.